Welcome to our podcast. I am Linda Messer. My husband Ron and I invite you to join us in our weekly broadcast of A New Voice of Freedom. Welcome to Season 5, A New Voice of Freedom, written by Ronald Keith Messer. This podcast is taken from a series of books written under the banner, In Defense of Christianity. Podcast 5, Argument for the Existence of God, Episode 22, is entitled, From Father to Son. The Fifth Commandment is often called the Commandment with a Promise. Honor thy father and thy mother, that thy days may be long upon the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee. The Ten Commandments, called by James the Law of Liberty, written in stone by the finger of the Lord, were delivered by God to Moses on Mount Sinai. The children of Israel had just been led out of Egypt, a land of idol worshippers and totalitarian law. The Lord gave Israel monotheism, a prophet, the Ten Commandments, and wise judges. It was the first liberty they had in 400 years. The first five commandments establish God as the only true God. He is often introduced as the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob, reminding the children of Israel of the Abrahamic covenant. The Abrahamic covenant promised the house of Israel that they would have eternal land, eternal priesthood, and eternal family. That covenant is why the Lord gave the fifth commandment in the order it is in. Honor thy father and thy mother, that thy days may be long upon the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee. The first five commandments deal with Godhood. The last five commandments deal with the fundamental laws necessary for society to survive. It was the perfect combination. At the core of any free government is a strong family. The destruction of the family will destroy any free government, including America. Commandment 5 is the link between heaven and earth. The story of Adam and Eve is fundamental to life. The earthly family is patterned after the heavenly family. God is the father of our spirits, just as our earthly father is the father of our physical body. The Apostle Paul said, Furthermore, we have had fathers of our flesh which corrected us, and we gave them reverence. Shall we not much rather be in subjection unto the Father of spirits and live? There can be no children, spiritual or physical, without a mother. That is taught in the creation story. The physical body does not have life in itself until the spirit is placed in the body, making it a living soul. In season 1, podcast 36, I paid tribute to my mother. In this podcast, in honor of the fifth commandment, I want to pay tribute to my father. My father was a very quiet man. Born in Tennessee, he came with his mother and seven brothers and two sisters to South Carolina when he was nine years old. It was during the Depression. Starving, they came to work in the cotton mills. His father, a mountain man, remained behind in Tennessee and wandered the hills the rest of his life in self-exile, living off the charity of others, lost, alone, and homeless. My father loved the land, perhaps more than anyone else I have known. His large garden was always a showpiece. I would like to share one incident that marks his honest nature, and one which, though I was an adult, reminded me of my childhood. The incident is significant here because my father, by example, 
taught the principle of honesty to one of my daughters. It is an example of how virtues, as well as vices, I suppose, can travel through families for generations. My daughter Natalie and I were tired, our backs aching after spending three hours sitting on wire baskets, bending over the heavy-laden rows, picking half-runners by the handfuls. It was a hot July day in Charlotte, North Carolina. We headed for the shade, but my father, who just turned 77, continued puttering. Natalie exclaimed, Doesn't Grandpa ever run out of energy? My father has always enjoyed a garden. Even as a child in South Carolina, I admired the richness of his tomatoes, carrots, beans, onions, cucumbers, peanuts, and corn. His corn stalks always seemed to grow higher, his plants greener than those in other gardens. People came from all over to admire his garden. His secret? He speaks to his plants. If a plant appears wilted, he will tickle the stalk with his finger, and as if speaking to a child, say, You can do it. I know that you can do it. By his testimony, the plant always responded, and the next day, it was competing for space with the others. We picked about six bushels of beans in the hot July sun, dumped the beans bucket after bucket into a wheelbarrow. When the wheelbarrow was full, we dumped the beans onto a white sheet spread out on the ground in the shade of a large pecan tree. A bushel of beans becomes precious when picked in the Carolina heat, yet it only sold for $12 at the farmer's market. My thought was to dump the beans into bushel baskets, level off the top, and buyer beware. After all, I had worked in the peach orchards as a kid. My job was to dump the bushel baskets full of disoriented, sorry-looking bulk and then place the largest, juiciest peaches on top to deceive the buyer. But when we finished picking the beans, my father had me sit with him under the pecan tree, inspecting each bean for dirt and mold and bug bites and wet rot. I got 40 bushels from the garden one year, he said proudly. We couldn't hose the beans down for fear of the white, furry mold that grows so quickly on a fresh green bean when wet. The mold resembles the spittlebug and spreads rapidly destroying the entire bean and any other beans around it. So we carefully wiped the red clay off each bean individually with a dry paper towel. I'm glad I don't have to do this each time, he said. We broke off any wormholes or rotting spots and threw away any bean that had dried and turned white. We threw away those that were too small or otherwise undesirable. They won't be wasted, he said. They'll just make the soil richer. When one basket was full, I started another, making the bushels stretch. My father picked up the bushel basket and shook it vigorously, making the beans settle so he could get more in. I like to give full measure, he said. He rounded the basket off so full that the beans had to be placed carefully to keep them from falling on the ground. I began putting my beans into another basket. My father continued to stack the beans in the bushel basket until it could hold no more. The six bushels were reduced to five, but that seemed irrelevant to him. We drove the beans to the farmer's market. We approached a merchant, a short, paunchy, bristly-bearded man caught up in his trade. With a poker face, he began to bargain. I've been given $12 for beans. I can get them for $12, he said slyly. I have to have $15, said my father, in a quiet, disarming, but uncompromising tone that I was used to. My father had been a merchant all of his life. Even when working in the cotton mill, my father ran the canteen. Later, he owned a hamburger stand and ended his career operating his own small grocery store. My father was a quiet man, perhaps the quietest person I've ever known. But he lived majestically. He knew value instinctively. The merchant with a salesman's instinct 
followed my father to his car, repeating the $12 offer unchallenged. His speech was calculated, practiced, as one who argued the price by habit. My father opened the trunk and revealed the bushel basket. The merchant's mood changed. He expressed surprise. He snapped a bean. The bean popped. The fresh juice sprayed. Defeated, he silently carried the beans to his bin and paid my father $15 per bushel. On the way home, my father said, he quit arguing when he saw they were rounded off. The merchant would find something else when he emptied the basket. The beans on the bottom and in the middle would be just as large, just as fresh, just as healthy, and just as clean as the ones visible on top. Because my father his entire life had lived by that code. I like to give full measure. My father died at age 82 of a stroke, but his example will continue through many generations. That gives another meaning to the promise that thy days may be long upon the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee. Thank you for listening. Watch for our next podcast.